0: As a player, I went through the combine, and then as a coach, I was at I think six different combines. When you sit down with a with a player, if you are smart, you have al- you will have already watched film on a player. We want guys that are street smart book smart you know I, I didn't get a good vibe i didn't get a good energy from this person that i'm supposed to be committing myself to and in the nfl it's a huge commitment right you draft yeah. them oh you know i and just if that's the case yep. you put a little red little red mark by his name yeah. and then you move on
1: hey everybody welcome to episode 28 of the minnesota vikings podcast We are just hot off the heels. Why do I sound like an 80s DJ right now? Hot off the heels of the NFL Combine. We're going to break things down. I'm in studio with producer, co-host, friend of the Vikings, Vikings Entertainment Network, Chris Corso. Across the table from him. I want to give you a bunch of titles. The more titles, the more people will believe the things (laughs) you say. Across from him, Jay Nelson and... Our special guest in studio today, a man who played for the team, a man who coached for the team, and a man who now covers the team. The strong. A strong is a good way to describe you. You're like one of those men. It's Pete Bursich, everybody. Pete, I love Pete a lot, but Pete's also one of those men who every time I see him I think, why are you still so strong? What's the point?
0: I, why I don't do know.
1: you know? Do you do you still work out?
0: Uh yeah. Not not a ton. Okay. I mean I you, What was I'm your dad active. a tree? Why no. are you so thick, still? I don't I'm know. 35 and I, I look know. like I'm wilting into the ocean. And <laughs> going a little
2: Benjamin Button there.
0: Yeah, Benjamin, yeah. Benjamin Button going backwards. No, it's just how it's just it's, it's genetics, and that's one of the things that you you just you can't it's pick the, your parents. Ladies
1: so. and gentlemen, the genetically gifted Pete Bursich <laughs> ah. in studio with us. And here's yeah. the thing. So it. We, we brought Pete on because we wanted to talk Combine, and uh, he has the ability to break down film. But also, at one point in, what was it, the late 60s, early 70s, Pete was in the Combine. <laughs>
0: yes, 19, it was 1994. Wow. Wow. House was on the air. Yeah, that was a long, Cut it long, out. long time ben ago. Ben Lieber gave us 2002. We
3: were throwing it back with that. So yeah. Well, it, it's,
0: it, and it's amazing how much it, it has changed. When I, was, when I was there and the results came out, it was a secret. I mean, our, our weight coach—he got a FedEx that was delivered with a, the with a security guards, and he was able. I don't know where he got it from, but it was a copy of a copy of a copy. You know, they'd get off centered after a while. Yeah. It, but then there were the, those were the combine results. So really? they didn't tell you when you were there.
2: You had oh, to have somebody that know
0: that knew someone that knew somebody that could even give you what your results were. It was so hush hush done in secret no one was allowed in the building no one wow. was allowed to in in and, and now it obviously it it's the media darling of the off season it's the season within the off season so somebody
1: to speak. somebody in the 2000s went hey i bet we could make a ton of money off of this and now it's just um, it's well, just an event, and it's not just an event from like the player standpoint. When you were there, was it this thing? Because every agent's there. It's where free agency deals happen. Like yeah. th- that discussion starts to happen. You know, it's 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 just this big monstrous league event that's more than the
0: rookie, right? And I think for if you look at at the coaches, for example, I think their big convention's the Senior Bowl. Okay. Those guys go down there and they yeah. want to, you know they go hang out together because what else is there to do in mobile? I mean, I love mobile, but it, mobile. there's, there's not we a got ton a on, of cars. Not <laughs> a ton going on down there. So the coaches have their convention right there, and I think with, with the combine, you're absolutely right. It's an opportunity and they've with free agency starting in the not too distant future, agents of the current players and agents of the wanna be future players can mm-hmm. all kind of get together and get like you said, get a lot of work done. Uh and so they're in that respect, yeah. They're using the it's the best use of time, I guess, is, is what you could say. And because yeah. everybody together, you got whatever, everyone but now there,
2: it's become much more of a of a show. Than, than it ever was. Yeah, it's kind of the impromptu kickoff of the entire season at this point. Absolutely. In between, like, you know, the radio shows, all the promotion going on. This year, they shifted it where the actual workouts were in prime time because they want <laughs> those ratings. I mean, it, it's completely shifted to the point where the league itself is now putting themselves on display from the beginning yeah. with the rookies, and that is the official kickoff of the am- season. And
0: it's amazing how this started as a medical they bring all the guys just to bring them into Indianapolis yeah. and give them physicals. And then one guy said, you know, why don't we just line them up and run them and, yeah. see, and see how fast they are. And it's gone. It really Literally, that's how it started, and, it, and it's built from there. From it's there. It's crazy.
1: That's absurd. Also, I don't – like, I love football so much, and I love this organization and amount that – I'm surprised that they keep letting me in the building. I'm just waiting for somebody
0: to be like, I think he likes it here too much. Well, look at me. I played. They fired me. I came back and coached. They fired, fired me. You know. You see. So it's hard to it's hard to push someone. out the door. I don't want them you to just, kick you yeah, out of the building. Well, I just you know I'm like, I'm like moss, I just kind of grow on you after a while. I think <laughs> both you know? the player and
1: the and the exactly. the uh, garden uh, the grass moss. What do you call it? What what would moss Plant. be? Garden plant. You know what? This isn't my brightest moment in show history. Uh, let's. Uh, my point was, no matter how much I love football, all I can ever think when the Combine, this happens every year, I go, what sort of losers sitting at home watching the Combine? And then, I don't, I don't want to watch it. And then,
0: all of us. lo and behold, I'm like,
1: I wonder how fast that guy yeah. ran. Click, <laughs> right.
0: and it's me. I'm that it, guy. Exactly right. In and, and we've depended upon the analysts, so to speak, to to you know we we've seen maybe and I don't watch any college football because I just don't have I mean I did high I have high school football that I do and my kids play and I coach and then you have the Vikings so on Saturday I just I just don't have the time nor the mental wherewithal to to watch college football mm-hmm. but you yeah you kind of you see these guys go to your favorite colleges you see them playing against each other and you want to just hey how are they you know how are they doing and and you always you what you see a guy and you want to project and go that guy is going to be unbelievable in the NFL. And you want to see what their 40 times are. And, and you use these analysts, and that's where you know, they come in and they, they, they start telling you, this guy's this, and this is what the scouts think, and then that whole industry just exploded. And the part that I love the most is mock drafts. Right? Oh, the mo- Speculation. But- oh, mock draft. Speculation. Mock point 3.0. But if you really want to take a step back, okay, you have a mock draft. What is your draft? Is your, are you mocking where these guys are going to go? Because what's an interesting point is when I coached, we had to rank our players and we had to you know create our own little board. Yep. And we had certain coaches that uh, – you know, Charlie Baggett was one of them. He would rank his guys and, and they would come off the board and they would get drafted exactly – how he had them. Oh wow! So it doesn't necessarily mean, though, that he had them in the best to the worst. He just because, knew the because way some they were of those guys go. in the fifth. Yeah. So are you are you trying to mock when this guy's going to get drafted, or are you projecting how good this guy is going to are do? Are you saying
1: who? What is the in correct the order of talent, or are you guessing who the team? I want
0: to if if and this is the thing. I'm sitting here going if if I'm going to listen to a guy who's going to analyze and tell me about these college kids coming out. I don't give a rip about where they get picked. I want to know who they think is going to be an impact player at the next level. Yeah. You see what I mean? So rank them that way. Yeah. Rank them, you know, rank them as to as how you see them in their NFL career, not where, they're, you know, when and what, at what point they're going to be picked because it's, and it just gets so murky and muddy with, uh, you know, this guy needs a, they need offensive linemen here. And it's like, no, just, who are the best guys and in, 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 in who's going to make an impact at the next level? That's the really interesting thing
1: to me about the NFL in comparison with the other leagues. The roster is so large. So, and and there's such a large talent pool to pick from, so you wind up with a first round where everybody feels good about, they want their first round draft pick to turn out, right? That's what everybody feels, they're like, we've got to hit on a first round pick. But you're right, you might have four teams in a row that need offensive linemen, you might might be a team that needs a tight end, and then you have guys that fall into the second round and you go, wait a second... How was
0: this guy? He, yeah. it, it's the NFL is so interesting it, that way, and not, not just the not. I think not just the size of the roster, but I think what this game, what you need to play this game, the best athletes in the world play in the NBA, no yep. question about it. Yep. To play in Major League Baseball, you don't have to be a great athlete, but you have to have unbelievable hand-eye coordination reaction time and yep. reaction yep. time. It's one of the hardest things to do. Exactly. Yep. And, and golf is kind of the same way. You yep. you, just hit, you know you, I, I I laugh when Mickelson won when he won uh, Augusta, yep. and then he jumped, and he could literally – he came an inch off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's not that gonna, was a dad He would jump. not put up good combine numbers in his prime, but with football, effort, is effort and intelligence and toughness overcome more than in any other sport, and it's so hard to quantify by height, weight, and speed whether or not a guy's going to be successful. So then you have guys like John Randall who – had to tie a weight around his waist it's while he was weighed story. just to make a roster in Tampa Bay because his brother was on the team, eventually becomes an NFL Hall of Famer. Yeah, You don't see that in other sports. That's the super interesting thing
1: to me is the Combine has everybody knows how much value is placed in it. So at this point, like— I've never, as somebody who have, as I say on this show, probably on a weekly basis, I know nothing about football. (laughs) You
3: do say that every episode. And I think it's important
1: to say it, because after I say it, I spend the rest of the episode talking like I know about football. But I, I don't care what a guy's 40 time is. I don't care. I don't care what his shuttle run is. I don't I wanna see him play. Can he does he run routes? Does he put effort in? And then the thing that I always thought was of such value are these interviews. But I was talking to Lieber and Lieber was like, it's gotten to the point everybody knows the value of interviews. These kids are so well coached and versed. Yeah, you're never gonna learn who they like. Aren't, aren't most aren't there teams out there hiring psychologists to write questions and hope that you, like they're trying well, to do anything
0: to get a glimpse let's, right let's put you in that chair and i mean having – i was i mean as a player i went through the combine and then as a coach i was at i think six different combines okay when you sit down with a with a player if you are smart you have al- you will have already watched film on a player mm-hmm. okay so you have an a, a, maybe not all of it but a good idea yeah of uh, of um who they are, and I remember uh, Rod Davis, okay. who was a linebacker that we dra- ended up drafting, but he was at uh, Southern Mississippi, and I know watching him on film, he would be inconsistent. There were certain plays and you know, certain parts of games where he was unbelievable, and then there were certain games when he just disappeared. The effort wasn't there. This wasn't there. That wasn't there. And then you look at his record, and I, th- I believe he had an incident um, you know, with marijuana at some point while he was in college. Okay. So when I go down and sit down and talk to Rod Davis, who I love as a – he's a high school coach. Now I love him to death. I already knew what – I had an image in my mind of what he was, and I needed to confirm or deny what kind of a guy he was. So when I ask him questions and I say, tell me about you growing up, I don't care what he says. Yeah. You know, what's the most difficult thing in life you ever had to overcome? Yeah. And I I don't care – I mean, it it makes a difference if the kid – you know, was was an orphan, and he was, you know, he had a rough upbringing, and has overcome so much. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. What I want to see is, did the kid look me in the eye? Does he engage? Is he engaged? Is he able to speak? Is he be able to communicate? Yeah. Because I don't want to stand up in front of a room and coach a guy who's going to be sitting back and uh, or, or falling asleep in a meeting. Yeah. Does and well, oh, by the way, if I'm lining up behind, if I'm a safety or you're a D lineman, I don't want some guy who, who's slow and you know. Just, you know. It, you know, what, what? what's the call? What's the. Ch- you know what I mean? You need someone to, who's going to be intense and sit up and, and be able to talk and be able to process and be able to get a point across. They don't have to be a Rhodes Scholar to do that. Yeah. You want guys that are street smart, not book smart. Mm-hmm. The book smart guys, like the guys from Stanford, Stanford, they always see too much. Kylie Wong would be asking questions in meetings about what if this guy does this? Kylie Wong it's like Kylie. sounds what like a blast from the past. Like it's like, Kylie. <laughs> Why are you even no, why are you even looking at that? You know yeah. what I mean? We're not going to call that, you know. Well, if we're in cover to No, we're not. This is Nickel. We're not even going to be in that. Why are you just go just <laughs> shush. Focus on right? this. Focus on you're this thinking thing too right much in front of it's, you, yeah. And then it becomes paralysis by analysis. Yep. Yeah. So when you're sitting down with these guys, it's not as if you can answer the questions I think correctly or incorrectly it's what's my impression of you as a player or a person, and you do this all the time with people that you meet, right? Mm-hmm. You sit down, you you have a project, maybe with someone you want to, you know, you want to do a show with, or whether or not it's it's sales, it's like, is, does it fit? You know, I I didn't get a good vibe, I didn't get a good energy from this person that I'm supposed to be maybe committing myself to, and in the NFL, it's a huge commitment, right? You draft mm-hmm. them. Oh, you know, I, and just if that's the case, yep. you put a little red, little red mark by his name, yeah. and then you move on. Yeah. Because, so as much as you try to prepare for those things, you can say the right things, but it's so much more of that. It's just, what kind of a of a communicator and kid, and what kind of answer are you going to get? And is he again? Is he going to be engaged? Is there an energy there? Does he look like this is what he wants to do more than yeah. anything else in his entire life? Can you can you read that based? Because
1: there's two options. If he gives you that. Right, if you get that genuine human connection and you feel that, it's one of two options: either it's real and you're going to get that from him, or he's a sociopath. Mm -hmm. Well, no, and and most people aren't
0: sociopaths, but you have to be careful about that because what makes you laugh makes you cry. Yeah, the same thing that makes this guy run run around as a linebacker and light people up—it's not easy for necessarily for them to turn that off as soon as they walk off the practice field. Yep. Yep. Right. So, okay, another guy that that. For example, when if if I'm going through this and I like this kid and, and I have you know, then I'm going to take all this stuff that I've written down mm-hmm. and then I'm going to go visit the college where he goes to school. Mm-hmm. Talk and to when his I, when I am there, I'm going yeah. to talk yep, yeah, we'll talk to his coach. The coaches are, you know, college coaches are told what to say as well.
1: Yes. Think about this. They want their guys. If drafted, I'm a college good exactly
0: right. Cuz the agents and all oh, well, you don't you don't want to be going there and that guy's going to, you know, tell the scouts you stink and I you talk to the equipment managers, you talk to the trainers, you talk to anyone in that building. Hey, and that's how I found Heath Farwell. That's what we found out about Heath Farwell at San Diego State. There were two other linebackers there who uh, you know were very, very good football players, and I remember seeing a little bit of Heath and, and, and talking to the, the football secretary. I said, you know, I'm, I'm here to talk about you know, player A and player B, and she's like, don't forget about Heath Farwell. He's one of my favorites. I love him. Oh, okay. That's go to the trainer. Hey, on wow. a scale of one to five, when so and so, when when so and so is injured, is he here on time? Yeah. Eh, if they go eh, yeah, four, it's like mm, yeah. okay, three. Yeah, yeah. But yeah if they're yeah. like, no man, five. He does whatever you tell you. You you build you build a, a body of work, yeah, so to speak. And none, it's of, this, like and none of this, a detective making none- a case. Right. It's like, and none of this has necessarily how well they they throw, catch, run, tackle, whatever. You see him on film though, but that's the initial impression. I think is just you, you see him on film and you get a feel for how they play the game and then you sit down with them and you either confirm or deny. And that's the part. And that the tricky ones are the ones that you sit down and talk to them and you love them and you like them, but then you watch film and it's like, oh, they're really inconsistent. Yep. Mm-hmm. So why? Yep. And, oh, by the way, if I can get this kid to play at 100%, he's going to be an all-pro. Yeah. But if he comes in here and shuts it down, he's going to be. No, he's gonna... You know, he'll be a Dwayne Rudd, which Dwayne Rudd was a good football player. But was one of the most talented player. I mean, this kid could run I, like a deer. You you have just brought up
1: coincidentally on a combine podcast a guy that I've had questions about my entire life because I remember <laughs> on that '98 team watching D- Dwayne Rudd. Who, when you watched him play football, I, I at least once that year he took a, a fumble. To the house, from the other side of a field, in the way that you didn't see linebackers do. No. And you go, oh, so this guy, this guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame. But he just couldn't keep it,
0: you know, he, he couldn't combine. Well, it, it, you have to have, you can't just be a great I have never in my life seen a guy run like him. We would, we would condition after practice, and he would bury every one of us that was running. And this is Ed McDaniel. I mean, these are guys that can run. Yeah bury all of us, pick up his helmet, and just jog off the like, – it was, it, he wasn't even breaking a sweat. Oh, I had crazy. never yeah. seen anything like that. And he could move and he could run and he could cover. But, again, you have to be able to hit and you have to be able to tackle and you have to be able to stay healthy. You have all of these other things that need to be or need to take place for you to have an, an unbelievable so, are, career. Are the
3: drills of the combine, have they meant less as the years have went on? Because they show, like, the 40 times and they show the top 10 of all time and you see – one of them had a career in the NFL, yeah like
0: does, it does, matters, yeah, it like, matters. I mean, the hard part is this we t- I took a look at some some guys with that are coming out that have ties with the with the Minnesota Vikings antoine winfield jr j r. Reed who
3: ran a grade forty year who 40 Reed uh, did uh,
0: or antoine, antoine. he that, ran like a four four that is what it, that's all I wanted to hear. I love yeah. that kid. You watch that kid on film he can he can hit, he can tackle the thing you just wonder about is well wonder what he can run,
3: yeah. Four four four. And, can let, me, I, and right. let me say this: yep. so
0: you take an Antoine Winfield Jr. and you watch him on film. Big plays. He's he is a guy or the guy or one guy who would be hugely impacted by the combine by the combine because you love everything you see on film. You're just like God. I just hope he can run because you can't draft a four six safety in the first round. Yeah. Period. So, I don't care. And this is another. This is this is a good one for you. He points at me the like scouts. I like I said something was. <laughs> you talk the coaches, the Pete, coaches and Pete the scouts and the me, GMs, feel dumb. The, no, no, I'm just saying the one of the one of the funny things was, coaches would, would huddle up in their corner like if you go to the combine and they're all drinking together. You're like yeah. the coaches might be over here. They, they know that you can't draft. The, the numbers, the numbers are insurance in case it was a bad pick. Yeah, like the kid just can't play. Yeah, because they go well. I mean, he what had do you, the he you know, had the numbers. Look at I mean, you know, Dwayne Ruddie's six three, he's two forty, he runs a four four. He's only yeah. if he can't play, it's not my fault. It's the coach's fault. The coach can't coach yeah. him. Yeah, and then the coach goes, wait a minute now, <laughs> you all. you you struggle, uh, but the numbers are that insurance. Gotcha, yeah. right? Gotcha. You know, I on mean, the you pick. just look at Cleveland. I mean, they how many great athletes have they picked in the you know over the and they they, 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 you know, they haven't amounted to anything. Well, uh, you know, with with that being said, here's my Antoine Winfield Jr.
1: question. Because I'm like you. I'm not a huge college football guy. It, I, you, you only have so much bandwidth. And if you really, you know, we work here. We spend a lot of time on this team. We care about this team. And I have a family, so every once in a while I can't watch nine college football games on a Saturday. My thought with Antoine, who I his father. I
3: watch all college football,
1: by the you way. I seem, love it. You do seem <laughs> like it. that guy. Uh, I... <laughs> His father is one of my favorite players to ever play for this organization. Absolutely. And is is there any aspect cuz all I've heard from Minnesota people this week is Antoine Winfield Jr. Antoine Winfield Jr. and I'm rooting for him, but is there a Tyus Jones effect here? Is there a you're one of us, no. you grew up here? If Antoine Winfield yeah. Jr. And, and and this is not me, this is not an opinion. I'm asking a question that I want a critical thought on. If Antoine Winfield Jr. had gone to Ohio State like his father, would we as a community
0: be valuing him in the same way? I think so. Okay, yeah, absolutely. He's that good. Yeah, he's. You watch, and it, this is that's awesome. My, I had the ability to watch at least a game of a game of film on on all these players, and it wasn't very difficult to to come up not only with highlights of Antoine, but to see Antoine Winfield Jr. about how he was like his dad. I mean, he can tackle, he can hit. Yeah, you know, you take a look at J.R. Reed, who is a tall, lanky, smart player who can run but he can't hit and he doesn't hit and tackle like Antoine Winfield Jr. Mm -hmm. does and you have at this organization if anything and Harrison Smith maybe not the best free safety or best safety in the league or whatever but what I but the thing with him is Harrison Smith is the most versatile safety Mm -hmm. in the NFL yeah meaning he can cover he can run he can tackle he can blitz so when you move him around and do certain things, you can't ignore him. It's not like it's not like when Harris come, would come down and they'd look and go, yeah, he's not going to blitz. That's just a look. So it's coming over. You know what I mean? Yeah. You you have to know where Harrison Smith is because of his versatility. I think Antoine Winfield Jr. can do the same thing. Now people say, well, he's only five foot ten. Okay, he's only five foot ten. Who cares? But the kid can do as long as he can stay healthy, everything else you see on film, he can blitz, he can, oh my God, he's, he's a very, very, very good football player. Very rarely when I'm watching football do I go, God damn it, if
1: our safety would have been an inch and a half taller there, we'd have had that interception. <laughs> well, that's
3: the one thing that they'd say with him. They say he can cover, but he can only cover in the nickel because he's 5'10". So what do you have to say to
0: those people who well, say that? I, let me answer that one.
1: Let me non-football you. How often is your safety covering your outside wide receiver? But that's what they're going to say like, like single yeah. up that's but that's like a dumb but that's, me, why, that's, that's why that's why the Mel Kuiper yeah uh, but that's why you Todd draft McShay, yep.
0: six foot two corners that can run but never yep. play the game yep you see what I mean yeah so what does that mean he's here's is an organization would you'd step back and go I want Antoine Winfield Jr. on my team the question is is when do I have to get him yeah yeah right because height weight speed comes into play so much early on in the draft Certain positions, like tackle, I think, are just easier to project because you have to—the height, weight, and speed translates into that position. The wide receiver position, I think, is is completely the opposite. It's an art form. You see so many guys succeed that were not number one picks overall. Yeah, you know, other than quarterback, yep. what position has had more first round busts than wide receiver? Look at it that way. How many first-round tackle busts have there been? I think so. It's just going. It's more and more by position, and the defense. Like again, defensive tackles, another spot. You know, defensive line. It's if you're if you are a two hundred and ninety pound defensive lineman and can run a four eight or four seven or four six, you're a first-round pick, dude. Yep. yep. I don't care if you can't play a lick of football. Well, it's, it's it's like being
1: six eleven and shooting the three. I'm gonna take you, yeah. and I'm gonna hope that I can coach the other stuff. Exactly
0: up. right. Exactly right. <laughs>
1: My only hope, with you know, I I love the idea of an Antoine Winfield Jr. I would say, and and uh, you know, we're a fortunate organization. I think a lot of fans and organizations go into an off season. With we're lo- fortunate to have you, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, it's a, this this is this is a powerhouse of talent. This room right here, uh, and uh, it's a powerhouse of young talent and thick meaty dads. Um, so, I would say. Uh, but we are fortunate to have such stability in our organization. And I, I, I'm not trying to do state media here. There are a lot of organizations in the NFL who their fans going to the offseason going, I don't know if our general manager can get it done. I don't know that I trust our staff. I don't know that I trust our owner. We, we have a pretty good track record there. So I, a, a guy like Antoine Winfield sounds great to me. My hope is I, I just love Ant Harris. I think I, I like hey. I like how great of a compliment he is to Harrison Smith. So I, it's fun to get excited about a guy, and then you are also like, oh, I hope the pending free agent. It's such a weird time of year. Right. But I think that as you go into the combine, I don't think all fans feel that way. Where there's like, I mean, we have three three secondary guys that are going into free agency, and it's it's a little nerve wracking. But you've been taught to, and kind of, you know. Well, you've just experienced enough to trust that hopefully we're going the right direction with
2: it. Yeah, no, you're right about that. The one thing I was going to say about Anton Winfield Jr. is part of it is everyone has the idea of what his dad was. He was the undersized guy who could read really well, would break on the ball, whether it was a pass or a run, and he would make sure that it didn't matter how big he was, he was making his presence known. So then you look at Antoine Winfield Jr. When he starts to play and he gets in big games and big moments, he's picking off passes, he's making the, the tackles in the backfield, and he's doing similar things that his dad did. So I think a lot of it is at the beginning you'll get the, the cachet of going, oh, it's Antoine Winfield Jr. That was his dad. What's this kid got? And it seemed like for the majority of his career, and especially this past year for the Gophers, he showed up on everything. And it's why you see his name on the bottom of the crawl in NFL Network or whatever else as top five guy in the secondary available in the upcoming draft. And I think he's earned that right to have people talk about him to the point where he is a potential first round pick.
1: When we're get, we're getting to the point now too with sports where and, and there's always been a little bit of a lineage aspect where guys whose fathers played and grandfathers played. Yep. But now it's it's different now. Where where in, in the in the older years of the NFL and NBA and uh, Major League Baseball, and this is a wild speculation, but I think you're really talented, you pass those genetics on, they're really talented. Now with how specialized sports are, you look at, I mean, you're coaching high school football. Mm. Think about how different high school football was when you were playing. And now think of how different professional football is when you were playing. I think the guys who come through the league now and have to go through this specialization from a young age all the way till their time of professional, they can put that on a kid guys guys your age guys that you played with i think if you have a kid with talent you can really provide them the sort of inside and insight and tract to to get well, to walk i think that's yeah. why you see you're starting to see so much more th- lineage there is a
0: yeah and, and, and let's cuz it feels like there's more of
1: it well it uh, three guys so, on this team and I, I have experience in
0: it. my father my dad played in the NFL. My dad was on the original Dallas Cowboy football team in nineteen sixty. Oh wow. And so whether your dad's an accountant or mine ended up being he was a juvenile parole officer, played in it. it's people ask, You going play in the NFL too? It's like well, my dad did, I guess. You know, why yeah. would, you know, why would why wouldn't I? It's not yep. it's your dad does your dad did it. It's yeah. you know how much luster that takes off of yeah, I like, like, tell you what, I was never. You know, your like, dad's an accountant. It's like you going to be an accountant. Yeah, like, yeah I guess. Hell no. It's just, you see what I mean? <laughs> I'm not
1: going to be a biology professor. Bruce. It's your dad, the guy that you know. He
0: sits on the couch. I mean, that's you know. It's yeah. my dad. It, what's the big deal of the NF You know. It's not so, unobtainable. Right, and and uh, that part of it, I think, m- means quite a bit or adds a lot. It also sets a level of expectation with oh, the kid yeah. where. You know, you're like, you know what, talk to me when you get, you know, yeah. you think you're big, you know, you know, this big in high school. It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Just talk to me when you. Yeah, imagine you being,
1: know. I've always said that. Imagine, you're like, it's amazing Randy Moss's kid is going to get into the league. But like, I mean, it's, it's like being one of Jordan's kids or being one of LeBron's kids. You're like, oh, my dad was the one of the greatest to yeah. ever do this. It's a pretty tough act to follow, and he was it's smart harder by being a tight end.
0: And it's getting harder these days with with media and social media and, oh, yeah. and everything else. I mean, it, it's that to, I think to distance yourself from that is is getting more and more difficult. But uh, it's a catch twenty yeah. two. I mean, people are talking about him not because of. He's, uh, you know, the tight end or at Louisiana State University. It's because he's Randy Moss's kid. Yeah. yeah. So he, it's it's a total catch twenty. He was
3: a total late bloomer too. Like he wasn't like one yeah. of their top targets by the end of the season. I mean, he grew from his freshman year on. I think he grew like. An amazing amount to mm-hmm. where he was a skinny guy, and then he, ended, he ends up being this big tight end, right. making plays in the national championship. So, so, does, so where,
0: what so what that where yeah, does that where does that fit in? On I your was going to you, Your big board. I was going to ask you. Right? you late bloomer. At, you look, yeah.
3: you looked at film of Bloom,
1: um, okay. For, here's I a, was so a late bloomer. Now here's here's an that you example. got the expert uh, at college now.
0: football You're, analysis. Let me give you an example here. of another guy. that you, you see? Is Kevin Williams? Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of people that were shying away or didn't like Kevin. Williams is a top 10 pick because he didn't have a good junior year. It was all of a sudden out, he came out of nowhere, so to speak, his yep. senior year. And for them, that's a red flag. It, why? Who knows why or whatever, but yeah. it, it, these are the weird things that are out there that people see. Now, I, what I saw out of, of, out of Moss is, you know, he's right now with, with, with what I saw with him on film. He has he's as far as blocking goes. He's not going to be a point of attack kind of a tight end. He's not Jim Klein saucer, obviously, right? Oh, he's that's not, weird. He's that's not why I had like, him. That's how, how I had him. He's not that kind of a tight end. <laughs> I kept telling him, Randy Moss's but, son. He's a real Klein saucer. but but he will stick his nose in there, and he has that kind of toughness. He's not allergic to contact, right? He's yep. not a, he's not a tight end that thinks he's a wide receiver. So he has that toughness to him, uh, and he's raw. I think he's 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 a. Pretty much they'll so they, they, my, my my put him on a wide receiver. I don't think he's quick enough yeah. in the NFL. I mean, could he be? You know, I'm not gonna say a guy's not. He's he looks he looks a little long legged, and I think as a tight end, he has that range and that length. Yep. That would be good. Um, so will he be on an NFL team? Absolutely. What you know, where do you draft him? I don't know. Do you Is want he him on gonna be team? the yeah. next
1: Klein saucer? We will have to see. <laughs> Probably not. All right, Before uh, before we uh, let you leave here, we should just make Bursich just live in this room because this has gone better than most of our shows. Uh, I want to run through, I took a bunch of, uh, I'm going to call it, uh, I noticed a bunch of stuff through the Combine, and I just want to run them rapid fire through your head. All right. Uh, Tua's looking healthy. There's, the, you know, all these organizations have looked at him. There's a little bit of that, like, who knows what he'll look like in three to five years, but that initial shock of, this is the Bo Jackson injury. Who knows hmm. if this guy's ever going to play. Are if your favorite team aside is a guy with that dramatic of is is the training staff and the doctors going, "He's good enough for you to take a risk after that big of an injury?" Um that's on them. And that's that's
0: they take So it's that, like a free they, pass. They take that very seriously and they're, you know, we've we've had guys that were red-flagged and say, "No, you're not, you know, we can't take him where he'll probably what where he should be going because of a certain injury." So there are going to be some teams that'll pass on them just because they're afraid of it. Do you let doctors?
1: Do you let doctors uh, dictate where they like? Do you go? Excuse me, doctor. Is he more of
0: a third round pick <laughs> or a fourth round pick? Where should we? That, well, that's got to be that's got to be an interesting see, process, this, exactly. And that's where the GM has to you know has to circle and 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 yeah. keep that part of it because I've had I've had players. Jonathan Vilma comes to mind where yeah he injured his knee jet skiing. And we're mm-hmm. watching film, and you rate him. You don't. You don't know his medical history. You just rate him on film, and like this dude is a stud. This guy's an animal. And then the it trainer stands years. up and says, "Yeah, he's got a bad knee, though. Yep. So where does he go on your board? Third round? You're like, he's never going to be around. You know. Yeah. And that's. But some, you know, is
3: Tua worth the risk though? Because I've watched a lot of his games, and if you that if, has to
0: weigh if into. You do not have a quarterback on your roster. Yep. Yes, he is.
1: I agree, I, and 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 let's see. I'm so curious to see what happens. I'm so ever because we talked about this a little earlier. Like jobs are on the line this time of year. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. so are you gonna are you going to nut up? They and, shouldn't be, but they are. But I've always said that, and that's what I've always going back to. Uh, you know, being s- state media sigh, <laughs> the stability here that's been here for so long allows you to have the confidence that makes you feel like your job isn't rising and falling on a singular pick, and so. Uh, but you take that factor that there are a lot of guys out there who fear that way. New GMs, guys who've been there a while, coaches who know that if they marry themselves to a quarterback, that's where their fate yeah, lies. Absolutely. So I'm curious to see how far he goes. Because a guy like Tua, if all of a sudden you're getting near the, the and the end of the first round, if, so, if he has some weird Aaron Rodgers-level slide and you go, hey, why is Tua available with this, this, the third pick in the
0: second round? I think he, it's going to be fascinating. Right. It's, he's a guy that everybody would want on their team. It's just, what are you willing to pay? What are you willing to and pay? And, oh, by the way, look at teams like Cleveland who have won the draft how many years in a row now? Yeah. You know what I mean? You come, they come away every year thinking, we, we, we got it. We got the free agents, too. and all. It doesn't matter. It doesn't pan it's, out that's like not, it's not It's not about just drafting.
1: Joe Burrow has tiny hands, nine inches. <laughs> Do
0: you give a f- – <laughs> uh, Not any – I think in the day it mattered. Um, now – With the gloves and with everything else.
3: Mm. Is it just ball security? Like, is that what you're worried about? Is that what these experts are worried about? You know what
1: I learned the other day? And uh, this is how stupid—did you know college and the NFL have a different ball? Yes. Yeah. Oh, how yeah. the hell is that a thing? They're smaller. Why? We're trying—college is great, but also— The football
0: is bigger than the NFL, ho- yeah.
1: The whole, le- the whole NFL is built on analyzing and plucking those guys. Make them—that'd be like, hey, uh, let's. Uh, what if the NCAA basketball teams played with a square basketball? Like, how do you—that's—especially with quarterbacks, that's nonsense to me. Am I
0: am I you am I wrong? Why would you do that? So you can sell NCAA footballs. Yeah. Ooh, oh, god, that's that is <laughs>
1: beyond infuriating. Think about that.
0: Yeah. Well, if you have the same football as the NFL, why would you buy out. a college one? You buy an NFL one. That's <laughs> right? That's a very good point. But now, can't, the, the, can't you the make stripes, the same size football with the, the word NCAA on it? The stripes used to serve a purpose. Yes. Because in some back in the day, the lighting was never, you know, not great. You can great. see the ball, see the ball da, 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 all that stuff. Um, but Size of, size of the hands, uh, you know, you watch film and see. But, again, today with the, with the way the gloves are and everything yeah, else, I, I, I
2: just don't, I don't think that is as big of a deal as it maybe it once was. No, and it's Burrow. It's not like it's somebody else who's a fringe quarterback and you're going, eh, maybe with the stuff. It's right. Joe Burrow who's yeah. put up insane numbers. I think you definitely take the risk on something like that. Someone's
0: going gonna to make the leap and say, you know what? He's going <laughs> to fumble the ball out when he gets sacked. It's like he only nine. had the best well, season Big, in college big deal. Football okay, history. I got it. Yeah. But, but whatever, as of now, I mean,
2: unless that's Cincinnati, it doesn't fully matter. I've never because... seen a nine-inch hand quarterback make it in this league.
1: <laughs> <laughs> 46 players were asked to work out at a second possession at the NFL Combine. Uh, are we going to see more and more of the Taysom? I'm going to call it the Taysom Hill effect because he's that first guy that, especially if this new CBA goes through and the roster increases by a couple guys, are you sitting there going – well, now I can take a shot on a gadget guy because, you know, we've, we've dealt with it a couple times. When you play the Saints, you do have to put effort into that guy. There, there, there is, I'm, I'm thinking the NFL He was the is, best
3: player on the field in the playoff game. Well, we're well, getting but,
1: to the point where the Cordero Pattersons and the Taysom Hills, there's guys that don't necessarily have to be what a running back was in 1997. Right. They're just
0: great athletes. Yeah. And, you just, and then the coaches now can get creative enough to put them in a position where you, they catch—like Debo Samuel— Yep. Give him yes. the ball in space and yep. let him make people miss they
3: stopped giving him the ball exactly. and they lost well, the game <laughs> so
0: um but to that to that you the position part of it defensively you've you've always kind of seen that because you have a different personnel group with the three four defense where you have two outside linebackers who are kind of defensive ends they're kind of linebackers okay. and a traditional four three defense where you had four big defensive you know so you have these Small, either very big linebackers or very small defensive linemen mm-hmm. that they'll have. Like they'll take the smaller defensive lineman and maybe move them and let them do linebacker drills, just so th- mm-hmm. three, four coaches can take a look at them. So defensively, I think you're seeing you'll see more of that. Okay, you, you've seen that for a while, but you're probably going to see maybe more of that now with when. Uh, but offensively, yeah, I think, maybe that's the Shanahan the but, those
1: this effect of these young, you know.
0: It is and I you know, I think uh you know, whether you're a tight end or a wide receiver, you know, you, they're gonna run the same kind of drills as yeah. so uh but no, I think it's part of that is that and I think part of it is, is is coaches wanna see if I get if I get a chance to see this guy work out more that I like. Mm-hmm. Every snap that he takes, every rep that Absolutely. he takes is a good thing. Yeah. So yeah, uh, put him through the D line drill, and then put him through the DB drill, and so then let's then we'll, have him shank some let, field we'll goals flex. for a while. Let's, let's let's see his kick step with the offensive lineman and then maybe catch a couple passes, and then we'll be done. So well, it's it's yeah, the more you see of them, the, the ben, better you are. So ben yeah, Le- let's get them all out there for every drill. Ben Lever gave
3: us the Antoine Randall L example, and he's like, he literally was throwing passes, then he was catching punts, yeah, right. then he was with the wide receivers. He, was, he, was, he even did some running back work, I think. Like, right. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I you know, yeah, like that.
1: I love Michael Turk speaking of guys who are doing things that they shouldn't at their position. Punter who just, just jacks up 25 reps on the bench press, which I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the day that one athlete, like one high-level athlete is like, hey, I can punt too. And all of a sudden you just like, like imagine if Taysom Hill could punt. If he was a punter or a place kicker, you, that guy would be the biggest nightmare in the, in, you could imagine. Because you know, it's no longer a direct snap for a fake. It's like every time this guy catches the ball to punt, you're like, hey, uh, Taysom's out there, so let's all just hope we don't get
0: screwed. No, you're right. And you bring up, a, you bring up the bench press is one of the most uh, fascinating parts of the entire combine. Yeah. Because, see if these guys can lift a tractor. But the best part of that is the gambling that goes on. Oh yeah, you get four or five coaches together, and a guy walks up, and you're like, "Is he a thick chested guy, Fletcher? Uh, I got I got five bucks on 22, and then 23, 27 comes in, and every put, you know, and then you're sitting there, and he bets 23, and the guy's at 20, and he's like, "Come on, come on, you got two! you know, and he's jumping around. And you're like, "What? What's the big deal?" <laughs> Waving around, you know, it's just that's the awesome. most you gotta, you gotta have some in the fun world. with it. That's Did awesome.
1: you see that picture? We can close on on this for the combine. Did you see that picture of Bill Belichick? Working out that low level prospect in, in the, the rain. rain. In, in the most, like, I assume that that picture is already hanging in every meeting room. That is the most patriot picture I've ever seen. He looks like, <laughs> I said this before, but he looks like a fisherman who's hiding a bunch of bodies. Just like it was, it was. You're like, oh, that's why Bill Belichick is the best. And also you're like, I don't know if I'd want to play for Bill. It's, it's, it encompasses everything that I think about right. Bill Belichick I mean, in one photo.
0: And it's either either he's there to really look at the kid or he's just make, looking for an excuse to not be at the combine.
1: Yeah, how seriously do all those guys take it when Doug Peterson, like they're in the middle of drills and he's eating a hot dog, <laughs> not even looking
0: at the field? <laughs> Right, no. You, well, you can you can Tivo it. Yeah, he's yes. probably yeah. Tvoed it at yeah. home, I and mean, you can go back, go and, watch back and watch it, it. if you want to see the it again. Film, yeah. It's yeah, it's it's an, it's um it's crazy.
1: Let me. Uh, we really appreciate you coming in here. I want to ask you one non combine related question before we get you out of here. All right, Tony Romo, yeah. color analyst, mm-hmm. seventeen million dollars a year. Is and you a guy who does uh, color analyst? color analyzation, and mm-hmm. makes slightly less than $17 million a year. <laughs> is Is, as somebody who does, because here's my opinion on color analysts that I'll say right to your face. Okay. I think it's a horrible job that I would never want to do because it's impossible to be good at in anyone's eyes. <laughs> because what you have is play-by-play, where a guy tells you how the game is going, and then there's a little bit of dead air, and they go, all right, Pete. Do that, but, like, in a better way, uh, and also ho- hope everyone doesn't hate you. Right. Like, even the guy, like, Collinsworth. I always learn something watching Collinsworth. Right. And everybody's like, ah, I hate Collinsworth. Like, it's, it's such a thankless, difficult it's, job.
0: It's almost as if the less noticeable you are, the better you are. It's like are. being a ref. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you, you know, you, you look at guys like John Madden who were just were icons when we were watching— the games on on television, and he didn't really add a whole lot. No, you know what I mean. He, he was just, he, just fun. he That, but okay, you just nailed it. You've got to make this fun, mm-hmm. right? And that's yeah. I think what people love about Romo is because he gets all excited. He sits up in a seat, and he's like, "Oh, he's checking to this," and da, 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 you know, and then it uh, happens. Jim, let's go make a good one, yeah, Jim. Exactly, you exactly right. Yeah. That But that's what they people like about him. Yeah, yeah. and that's what you got to have. You you don't want to sit back and just be the curmudgeony old. You got to have. You got to bring that passion for it. And I think that's what I love about Madden was he just, you know, you got this big fat guy over here going <laughs> You know what I mean? Like Madden, you're, you're just like, yeah, that's why I'm watching this game. I want to I want to see a game in the mud. When's the last time we saw a football game in the mud, boys? Yeah. I mean, come on. And, and I think um the less objectionable and the more you blend into the
2: patchwork and not say a lot of things, you just you do a better job. I think the thing I don't for know. I think the thing for me is that Tony Romo and John Madden both were able to take what everybody else who's watching the game is thinking. And condense it in a way that they go, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Right. Versus just watching on TV and saying, so what happened there? I think it was this. I think it was that. And Romo, the thing that everybody loves about Romo being the quarterback, he looks at protection. He looks at the way everything's laid out. When he calls the play before it happens. Let me tell you why. he nails that. I'm going to have a
1: meltdown. Fans me, love that. Let me tell you why that's so
2: stupid. Why that's the most. Like,
1: Tony Romo is good because he's fun. To me, that is the least impress. Like, I don't understand. Pete. Tell me why I'm wrong. Here's the thing, he, he was he played two years ago. The fact that in the Super Bowl he watches the best offensive scheme and quarterback as a quarterback and goes, well, uh, like he he speaks the language. He goes in this in this formation, he knows that Brady should throw to Gronk, mm-hmm. and he goes, it's going to Gronk. And then yeah. Brady's the best, so he, it's not that impressive. <laughs> it's like now if he if he hadn't been in the league, like if if you know. Uh, a guy who played 35 years ago is out there doing that. I might give it a little more credit, but I'm not shocked that he can guess a football
0: play. But if he was, and here's he's. Ex, I think what he's showing you is why he played as long as he did in the league because yeah. he was an Eastern Illinois guy, something like that. Yeah, yep. exactly, something yep. like that. He didn't go to Alabama. Wasn't he didn't drafted. go to exactly. Wasn't it? But he ended up being the quarterback for the team, yeah. for a long time and had a lot of success because he was. That's right. smart and we can you know, make those decisions. and um, I think it's it's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, I think some people enjoy it. I just think whatever he's saying, it's just the energy mm-hmm. that he brings and you know it's like he's happy to be there. And for him to be sitting up in a booth watching a game that he's getting paid 17 million dollars now to talk about. Mm-hmm. It makes all the he- all the hits and the headaches and the work worth it. You damn right! I'm going to be excited as hell. At all, a tall football game, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I get excited. I'm, I'm. I get excited to call games now because I know tomorrow morning I'm not going to be all rug burnt and sore and yeah. beat mm-hmm. up and broken bone. It's and you're in that environment. So that's the that's the thing with him. Is I I just think he's he's kind of like you want you would. Would you drink a beer with him? Would you go have a beer with John Madden? Oh my God, would I love to have a beer with John Madden? I'd watch John Madden right? drink a beer. <laughs> would you you know would you would you wanna have <laughs> would you wanna have a beer with with uh you know um what's his name? Chris. Collinsworth. Chris Collinsworth. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. he's interesting. I like think he's probably the, but, the, but, the but,
3: least and, uh, uh, not but, me. I wouldn't you know, yeah, this is where this is where every once in a while Chris you know
1: Levy's I mean? an opinion it's that
0: like, I hate. <laughs> but that's Romo what I'm and talking Madden, about. I'm in. that's am saying. About if, if I'm like, I'm just gonna go out and have a. You <laughs> know, See, like, I'm like, more. I'm like, more, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put the down vest on over the flannel, and I'm gonna go out and have a beer. Who are you gonna do that with? That's Romo. That's Romo yes! and Madden. Yes. Mo- yeah, yes. Romo. Yes. Collinsworth? Nah. Maybe if I'm going to put a suit on and we're going to have a drink after the orders. Like nice
1: if, <laughs> if I got to be around somebody you drinking, I mean? they better say something interesting. I don't want to sit. I don't want to sit next to Tony Romo and go, "Ah, it's a good beer." <laughs> yeah, let's
0: play some pool. I love me well, some pool. You go back to you go back to ESPN when they when they did Mike and Mike and Mike in the morning. Yep. And why did they pick Golik? Yep. And they picked Golik because man of the people. Well, because he was the least objectionable. Yeah. That people are gonna listen and not, quote unquote, turn the radio off because he drives them nuts. Mm -hmm. So he was the least, kind of like the least, quote unquote, offensive person that they, it's just, that's part of it. I just think when you're watching a game on TV, you just wanna listen to a guy that you like. And Madden was as likable. I mean, you know what I mean? Again, you go back to who would rank them by how you'd wanna have have a beer with them. And then I think that's exactly how you'd rank them as analysts. I say rank them on their willingness
1: to discuss politics on air. (laughs) 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 What a nightmare! and like
0: Gruden, you know Gruden be he'd be fun, but you know he's kind of intense. Gruden was
1: was always interesting, but he was that same way though though in the booth. He insisted on being positive. Like that was the interesting thing about Gruden. And I think he always knew he was gonna go back into an organization. So he he never wanted to criticize yeah. anything. So I remember when the Vikings were playing the Bears, when that was the case Keenum year, and Keenum had to come in at halftime. It was yeah. a Monday night game. And love that we want it, not a fun game. Not an enjoyable game to watch. There wasn't a lot of standout performances. And I remember John Gruden just being like just searching, just like, that <laughs> Daniil Hunter's got some big <clears throat> biceps,
0: doesn't he? Like, he had nothing. It was amazing. Right. That, and I, you, you're right about that because I almost wonder if he just would have just called the game like he saw it would have would have been more yeah. interesting for sure you I mean, know what I hated this guy I hated this guy as a coordinator <laughs> when I coached I just don't like him he does this stupid stuff with a single high safety who's 30 yards deep that, you know, they you know you they, know they, they they call him the angel over your shoulders and he doesn't get a goddamn thing done so I don't even know why he's even back there that, that would was, be fun I that was love a weirdly that. good gruden
1: and uh, also do you, here's the other side of that is him being that not being willing to do that. I bet part of that led to this public perception when he was hired that like, hey, way to go, Oakland. You just hired this big oaf that, <laughs> that hasn't coached in 100 years. But I, I guarantee there was another side to that person who had, was still studied up, still understood the game. still
0: He just didn't present that on television. How about Mike? But then you get Mike Mack. Mike Mack. Mike Mack. He was all in business. No one knows whether or not his drafts were any good. Did anybody go back two years and audit? That's the other thing about these mock drafts. Do it Who, to Mel Kiper, please. Nobody audits because no one cares about a mock draft audit a it's year not, later to see whether facts, or not you're it's right. About fun, exactly. You forget them. Speculation. Like that, that's what I'm saying. So, but Mayock convinced a lot of people. He was a very smart guy. Well, that's what I think. Uh, that's what I think will happen because now that now
1: that the Tony Romo deal is done, there's a bunch of conversation that. Uh, Peyton Manning yep. is going to take the Monday Night Football job, and everybody's like, "Oh, I wonder how good it'll be." To me, what Peyton Manning is doing—if he acts like he does on his commercials—he's yeah. great. Good. Yeah, he's great. I think he's going for uh, somebody. Somebody gave me this, and I'm going to run with it because I bought in. I think he's going for a GM job. Yes. I think he's trying to take the oh John Lynch thing. He goes in, shows Here it, we go. shows his. But it's it's. Oh, there's a track God. record. I know, I know. And it is. And Mayock is the track record. Mayock showed his ability. Why? And if I love paid, Mayock. Man, I mean,
0: well, why would you want to be GM?
1: I don't understand either. It's Like why? I Just, would rather.
0: Yeah. What's that?
1: Twelve million dollars to sit in a booth and be like, Yeah, it was a good first down. That's Joe. what I'm saying. I like, I like why? it when they get the first down.
0: You know why? Because you're not on the
1: inside. Yeah, you're, I like the outside. You're, Give me that money and stick me outside. I, hey, and then, you know
0: what's the And here is the beauty of it is every single one of these coaches and GMs and front office people, you know, well, maybe not all the front office folks, but all those guys. They, what, are the, what are they going to do when they see you? Oh my god! If I, didn't need, if I didn't need the money, I wouldn't do this. If it wasn't for the, I mean, dude, who, who the hell works like? Yeah, you know what these I mean. And then, so then as soon hard. as they get out of it, they're like, I want to get back into it. It's, yeah, it's like make up your mind. Yeah, right. It's like have, it's like it's like this, it's
1: like having kids. you are like. Ah man, well you're doing it. You're like, this is the worst. You remember they're 18. You're
0: like, oh, I I
1: need a baby. It's
0: because you remember the good, the pain. You know, pain. You know, it's the whole thing. It's like when you say pain is temporary, but victory's forever. The pain fades. It goes away. You don't remember it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It it just disappears, and all you remember is the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's how you get sucked right back in. Get sucked. So for me, for Manning, just just keep doing commercials on for nationwide hey, Peyton, and just enjoy stay life the hell out of Pete Versich's On well, no, no, What I'm saying is he needs to do more do more Saturday Night Live stuff. Yeah.
1: Do more go have fun. Be fun. Go have fun. Yeah. Don't but I am
0: curious don't to Don't be how a he'll GM be. Good Lord.
1: Um, That is the voice of Pete Bursich, sideline. excuse me. Lieber is the sideline analyst. You're like Lieber's dad. You're the color analyst for the Minnesota Vikings Radio Network. Thank you so much for talking combine with us. Oh, this is great. This is fun. We will will have you back on again so you can do my job the entire time because you're better at it than me. We'll be back with another episode soon. Thank you guys for tuning in to the podcast. Goodbye.